I'd like to reread the Old Testament uh, reading for today, and that is the text for the message. For as rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so that my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Peace and mercy and God's grace be yours in the holy, precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's quite the rosy picture, isn't it? Remember now the circumstances of this reading. I'll, uh, I'll elucidate. This rosy picture, this portrait of the power of God's word, is the focus of our meditation today. Written by the prophet Isaiah, these words contain the ability to speak life-giving hope. And we all know that. If you have an ear to hear, you are receiving that hope. Remember, this section of Isaiah's prophecy took place during the Babylonian exile. And there were these people at that time were displaced. They were without hope of ever being able to reclaim their homeland, their temple, and their spiritual lives. In these verses, Isaiah uses the metaphor of rain and snow coming down from the heavens to bring water, to bring life to a barren and arid and lifeless landscape. And that was God's people's spiritual condition. The rain and the snow, of course, are God's word, which brings forgiveness, life, and salvation. So Isaiah 55, 10 to 13 we see the prophet performing his task particularly well. Within a few short verses, he's able to conjure up a world where the impossible seems possible. Ever since chapter 40 of the writer, the prophet had been seeking to provide his fellow exiles with a much-needed perspective, helping them, the survivors, to look at their broken condition, their broken world, with new eyes and renewed hope. Kind of what the gospel does. So why water? What's the uh, connection here? So let's talk about water. What is its purpose? How does it benefit, benefit mankind? So it comes down from heaven. We had a beautiful rainy winter. Uh, and it waters the earth and it provides food for man and beast. It is essential for life on earth. What else? It sustains life. It takes, it makes up 80% uh, of the world's surface. Our bodies are 60% water. It is everything for us and it is everything necessary for anything that's living. Without it, we could live on an average of maybe three to five days. We can go from 10 to several weeks without food, but we die within a few days without water. 
That's its purpose. That is the purpose of water, to sustain life. So, what's the connection? Just as water comes from the heavens to give life, so too does God's word come from the Father to give life to the world. It comes to accomplishes the Lord's purposes. And what are those purposes? They are the redemption of God's created people. He wants us back again. The prophet assures us that the water that comes down from the heavens will give life. It always accomplishes that for which it is purposed. Every time. The word of God accomplishes its purposes, not some of the time or once in a while, but all of the time, every time. It succeeds in doing the thing for which the Lord sends it. To further the analogy, water never sits idle. If the ground is too hardened or is found too inhospitable, it moves on to find soil that is parched and thirsty and ready to be nourished. The point is that water always works. Drive out to the upper desert. Did you go in the spring to the upper desert after this winter? After this wet, wet winter? The flowers that bloom out of that gray, sandy, desolate place were nothing less than miraculous. So it is with the word of God. God's word always accomplishes its purposes. It always brings forth life. That's what it's there for. And how we need God's word today. Take a quick look around, or I say not. Take a quick look, though. The condition of this world is like that dry, desert, desolate place filled with thorns and thistles and and in dire need of water. Today, the world seems to be full to the brim with results of man's fall into sin everywhere. It was bad during the time of uh, Isaiah when he was tasked by God to be the prophet to Israel. On, on our own, people are unable to pr- produce good fruit that, uh, that is pleasing to God. And so God provided what we could not. Come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy milk, wine, without money and without cost. Cursed by the fall into sin, we are now those who cannot produce good fruit apart from God's care. Our own sinful condition is like that desert, dead and dry and badly in need of something to nourish it, to bring it back to life. And I hate to say it, folks, but it turns out we're the Israelites. We're in bondage to our own sin. We are the ones who are powerless on our own to do any good thing. And so the Lord, in his love, agape love, sends the word down from heaven to water the earth. That's the good news. That's the gospel. He sends his son, that is the word of God incarnate, who takes on human form and comes down and gives his precious blood. And that blood gives waters to the world and gives us life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. That's God's promise. The only begotten son of God was conceived by the Spirit of God so that he might bring light and life to a small group of people or 
those chosen over there or that tribe over there? No. He came to bring light and life to all, to the world. He came down from heaven to, for that express purpose, God's purpose. He came to be crucified by evil men. He came to die on the cross. He, meant he came to die on that cross for you and me. It was his precious blood that watered the earth to give that light and life to you and me. The water that poured, the water and the blood that poured forth from his pierced side flowed to produce the harvest that we could never ever have a chance of producing on our own. But as the story goes, in due course, the word of God incarnate, Jesus Christ, hung on a cross. He looked anything but powerful at that time. He appeared to be defeated and powerless. So those who scoffed, those who tortured, those who nailed him were confirmed in their suspicion and they were glad to be done with him. The word was powerless. The word was dying on a cross. He died indeed and was buried. But then, but then, like a sprout shooting up out of the ground, the crucified and dead Jesus was raised from the tomb, alive and well, with the only marks on him were those on his hands and side, and even those were for the purpose of one who doubted. That which was sown imperishable, excuse me, that, that, was, that which was sown perishable, appearing weak and in dishonor, with no power at all over anything, including our sin, is raised in glory and honor and majesty, victorious over death and sharing that victory with the entire world. That was then. So what about today? What do we, you know, what do we, what are we supposed to do with that? I mean, the Lord Jesus has long ascended back to his heavenly home. He is now at the right hand of the Father. Now, where do we look for that life-giving water that produces the good fruit of faith? Where do we turn? Where do we look when we're dry and we're despairing and we're unable to help ourselves? We can read it in the explanation of the third article. We cannot, by our own strength or reason, come to faith in Jesus Christ. Here it is. But the Holy Spirit calls us by the gospel. So it's the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the word, the gospel, that calls us out of our sin-filled lives to live with the Father and the Son in light and glory. For it is the death and the resurrection of Jesus on the behalf of sinners that is the very gospel that we read today. The story, the same story of giving life and light to you and me, the gospel that provides light and life, that is the very story of salvation. It is the power of salvation for all who believe and for all who live in victory in the land of the living. So just as Jesus himself came down from heaven to water the earth with his own blood, so now does the preaching of Jesus, the retelling of the gospel story, even to serve, to deliver again and again and again, over and over, the benefits of his shed blood and his broken body to undeserving sinners, 
just like you and me. In fact, I would posit they are for you and me. We hear the word of God, and by hearing, we believe. This is the promise given by God through the prophet Isaiah. That rosy picture, that's his truth. That's his desire for you and me. It is given for us to know and trust so that we might be certain that the word of God will always work 100% of the time. It will accomplish that which the Lord purposes. No matter the setting, no matter how bleak the situation, the death and the resurrection of Jesus reveals that the word has done. It is finished. The job is complete. The Lord's will will be done. Life will be given to the world. This world is full of sin. It's full of death. The curse of the fall still hovers over us, and it reveals to us that we are born enemies of God. But the Father of all mercy and grace has a solution. He sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who took on flesh, and he walked among us. He ate. He got hungry. He got angry. He lived the life of a man. Though his death appeared to be the end, it has now become the source of life for everyone in this room and everyone on the planet if they hear. The cross, an implement of dishonor and disgrace, now a life-giving tree. And it was his glorious resurrection that proved that he has overcome the curse and he brought light and life to this world. There is now no doubt it is the word of the Lord that accomplishes the purposes of the Lord. Jesus Christ is that word. Jesus Christ has succeeded in the thing for which he was sent. Now he continues to send his word down from heaven to water the earth, and by his own spirit, he uses the word to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify the whole Christian church on earth so that sinners would be saved and the dead and dry desert of this world would be filled with life. Amen. The grace of Lord Jesus Christ be with you uh, and be with your spirit. Amen.